You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. In another beautiful hadith that describes the akhlaq of the Prophet, the Prophet said, Five things I'll never abandon or leave until I die. I'll always do them. What suf? Wool. At the time, only people from a lower socioeconomic status would wear wool. Like for instance, the shepherds. Because it was the cheapest type of clothes. Today, society has changed. It may not be the case in all societies. Me riding the, the donkey. If you were a very important figure, you would either ride a camel or a horse. You would not ride a donkey. The Prophet was humble in his mode of transportation. Me eating with the slaves. I never abandoned that. He would sit with the slaves and basically he would sit like them and he would eat. And I would fix my own sandals. And whenever I see kids, children, I would say salam to them. So it becomes a sunnah after me. Kids at that time were belittled in the, in the Arab culture. The Prophet gave them importance. Whenever he would pass by and he'd see, but he'd see a group of kids, he would stop and say salam to them. Imagine, imagine today you see a marja walking out in the street. He sees kids and he says salam to them. How much does that impact them? Believe me, that one scene could change their life. And that's how the Prophet touched so many hearts. Who cared about those kids? They're just kids playing. Especially in that Arabic culture, kids were like animals. Who cares? They would not show them compassion. They would not show them respect. The Prophet, not only would he show them compassion, he would show them respect as well. I'd stop and say salam to them. This is from the akhlaq of the Prophet. He would wear a silver ring. He would wear this in his right arm, in his right hand. And the Prophet, it's mustahab to wear the ring either in the pinky or in the ring finger. Not in the index, the middle finger or the thumb. It's mustahab to wear it in these two fingers. The Prophet would do that. Now do you want to know what kind of foods the Prophet liked? <laughs> this hadith tells us about it. What's batikh? Watermelon. Watermelon has existed for thousands of years. So it existed at the time of the Prophet and he loved it. What's qatha? Allah mentions this in Surah Al-Baqarah. When he talks about Bani Israel and basically they got tired. Cucumber, yes. The Prophet would eat the cucumber with some dates and salt. He loved eating it that way. وَكَانَ أَحَبَّ الْفَوَاكِهِ الرَّطِبَ إِلَيْهِ الْبَطِّيخِ وَالْعِنَبِ When you talk about the fruits, the fresh fruits, the most beloved amongst them to the Prophet was watermelon and grapes. By the way, it's highly mustahab to eat grapes. One of the effects of grapes in our hadith, يُفَرُّحُ الْقَلْبِ If you feel sad, depressed, one way to address depression is what? To eat grapes. Makes you in a better state. It changes your mood. 
it improves your mood and these days those doctors who advocate for wine yeah you know wine is good for the heart well yeah grapes are good for the heart not because it's wine you see how they've twisted it but if you want to know about his drink and food it was just water and tum. sometimes he'd occasionally eat these fruits the Prophet would put the dates in milk and he would drink them. It's like a nice smoothie that the Prophet would drink. And he would like, of course, meat. What type of meat? Lamb. The Prophet liked lamb, especially the shoulder of the lamb. And amongst the vegetables that the Prophet really liked, and it's the food of prophets, is what? Al-Qara. What's Qara? Squash or pumpkin? The yellow squash or the pumpkin? Yaqteen or qara. It's highly mustahab. One of the effects of eating squash or pumpkin is what? Do you know what it increases in you? The intellect. The hadith states eating squash regularly, having it part of your diet, increases your intellect. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show you right from wrong through this food. It's very mustahab to eat it, the Prophet would eat it. Is, is that the squash? The yellow squash. Oh, the, yellow. the yellow one, yes. It's, it's kind of like the pumpkin, yes. It's similar to the pumpkin. No, I don't think it's that. No, no, not that one. Um, I know what they call, we call that in our Iraqi dialect, we call it shijar. Yes, yes, we call that shujar, yeah. It looks like a big cucumber okay, from the outside. No, no, that's not qara, it's like squash. Have you seen the yellow squash? Yeah, that's what it is. It's a type of pumpkin, I would say. The Prophet would, would eat that and it's recommended. So he would love also lamb. He some, sometimes, very often, very seldom of course, very rarely would the Prophet eat meat, but when he would eat meat, he would choose lamb. He sits with the poor. He eats, he eats with the destitute. He would feed them with his own blessed hands. Would you do that? People who are poor, they're eating in a circle. You sit with them and you feed them. And if you want to know, my dear brothers and sisters, about the hunger of the Prophet, how he experienced extreme hunger. Sometimes due to severe hunger, the Prophet would tie a stone to his stomach because that helps. When your stomach is really empty and you feel the pangs of hunger, if you tie a rock or a, or a stone to your stomach hard, it helps you with the, with the feeling of hunger. Whatever is available, he'd eat. He was not picky with food. And an Imam al-Rada in one hadith from Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, he says we were with the Prophet during the battle of Khandaq, the trench. When Fatima came and there were some crumbs of bread. You know sometimes you eat a loaf of bread, a little bit of it remains. This is called kasira min khubz. Maybe it's a little bit more than some crumbs, just a part of the bread. She gave it to the Prophet some bread. The Prophet told her, what is this small piece of bread? 
She said to him, Ya Rasulullah, I baked a loaf of bread for Hassan and Hussein, peace be upon them. And some of this loaf, I want to give it to you. Remember, it's not a full loaf of bread, just a little bit. The Prophet looked at Fatima and he said, Ya Fatima, Ama innahu awwalu ta'amin dakhala jawfa abiki mundu thalath. Ya Fatima, this is the first time since three days that any food enters the stomach of your father. This is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi And remember, this is not the early days of the Ba'tha when the Prophet was under the boycott. This is in Medina, the year of the Battle of the Trench. But this is the humbleness of the Prophet. He would go through hunger to show his humbleness to Allah and because there were others more in need. Whatever he had, he would give it to them. Aisha even confirms this. She narrates, Ma shabi'a alu Muhammad. She said the family of Muhammad never became full. She says that the family of Muhammad and the Prophet it never was the case that for three consecutive days they would be full. Never did that happen. If one day they'll eat well, maybe a little bit more, it was just that day. Next day it was hunger. Three days would not pass and the Prophet would experience, you know, um, being satiated from his hunger. Al-Imam Radha narrates that one day an angel came to the Prophet. He told him, Ya Muhammad, Allah gives you his salam and he tells you, if you'd like, I will make the deserts of Mecca gold to you. The Prophet raised his head to the sky and he said, Ya Rabb, my dear Lord, I become full one day and then I thank you and then the following day I experience hunger and I ask you is better for me. That way I'm closer to you because sometimes brothers and sisters when you're in the state of need you feel the presence of Allah more. If you're always full and your needs are always met, you feel self-sufficient you feel distracted from God, you feel like you don't need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes it's healthy to put yourself in need, it's okay. You know today we have a policy that always the fridge has to be full. In fact it's aib if it's not full in some uh, cultures. This is wrong, it's okay. We waste so much food. Why is it that your house and the kitchen cabinets and the refrigerator has to always be full with food? Why? Who said that? Yeah, say it, but I always need to be ready to make dinner, make breakfast, I need to have everything. Okay, what if one night you don't have that full dinner? What ha what's going to happen? Is it the end of the world? Eat some bread, a glass of milk, that's fine. No, no, we have to have always everything ready. That's why we're distracted from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always allow yourself occasionally to experience need. That way you'll think of other people. See, even fasting, my dear brothers and sisters, these days become a routine. You fast, but you know that huge meal waits for you at the end of the day. It's not really having that impact like it did in the past. It's become a culture. To combat that, sometimes let your fridge be empty, that's okay. That's fine. And train your kids that it's okay if one day you'll sleep a little bit hungry or you don't have the dish that you want, it's fine. There are millions of kids that starve. Let's feel their pain, that's a lot more effective. And the Prophet was like that. The Prophet would never wear two types of garments, only one type. 
because he was very humble and he would wear uh, garments that were mainly white, the Prophet liked the color white and he would wear a turban as well. He also had one garment only for Fridays, the, fr the, the Prophet on Fridays especially when he would be giving the sermon, he had one garment only for that occasion and whenever he'd buy a new garment, whatever other garments he had he would donate them, he would not keep gathering and accumulating the garments in his closet like we do today, some people you open their closets, mashallah, 50 suits, 70 suits, the sisters, I'm not even going to enter that field, <laughs> some of them, mashallah, 30, 40, 50 pairs of shoes, you know, they don't even have room in their closets, it's, it's not haram, but it's highly discouraged. Yes, of course, donate them, give them. Why keep them there when you're not even wearing them? And remember, if one year passes, you have to pay khums on them. Many of our closets, they incur khums on us. <laughs> because I know some people, they themselves say, sometimes two years pass, I don't touch, you know, those clothes. So you don't need them. Why are you keeping them? Why? And, and the thing is, they keep buying more clothes. Okay, you can have 50 suits if you're actually wearing them. If a person says, I have a policy, every single day I'll wear a new suit. Fine, that's not israf. You're not being wasteful. Okay, you're not being too humble either, but you're not being wasteful. But for you to have 50 suits and you don't wear them, you're only wearing a few and the remaining are just being wasted, yeah, that, that is problematic. That is a wasteful type of spending. So the Prophet he, whenever he would buy a new garment, he would definitely make it a point, whatever current garments he had, he would donate them. 